For far too long, injury lawyers have cared way too much about money and boosting their egos, and not enough about the people they serve. That stops now. Welcome to the Mutrux Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast, where trial lawyer Tyson Mutrux cuts through the BS and gives you practical takeaways to get you back on your feet, settle your case, and get on with your life. No fluff, no ego. And now, here's your host, Tyson Mutrux. Welcome back to the Mutrix Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast. My name is Tyson Mutrix. I'm your host and I'm the owner of Mutrix Firm Injury Lawyers. And today I'm going to talk about what, when does the statute of limitations begin to run? All right. So when does the clock begin? So not whenever the, the statute of limitations expires, but when does it actually start to, when does the clock begin to run on it? And in Missouri, it's, it's actually really simple. Uh, it's when the injury or the death occurs. In Missouri, there is no dis- what's called the discovery rule. So it's not whenever you discover those injuries. It's not. So, for example, let's say you have a crash on November 1st and you don't start to feel pain until November 5th. It's not November 5th that the clock begins to run. It's November 1st. So that's that's a very, very important thing. So um, if you're in, in one one very key thing is you want to find out is you know sometimes the a, a crash happens at like eleven fifty nine p.m. eleven fifty eight p.m. or or it could be right around midnight you got to figure out that date it's it's really really important especially if you're getting close to that statute of, of limitations the next thing I want to talk about is uh, and, I, and by the way I'm not going to go into the details of every type of statute of limitations because I've already done that in another episode but now I want to talk about what tolls the statute of limitations? And that means what delays it? Is there, is there anything that delays it? And there's really three, only three exceptions uh, that I'm going to cover. One is any incapacity uh, of of the of the plaintiff, so of the injured party. So let's say they've been legally deemed incapacitated. So that will toll the statute of limitations. The other thing is, is is if the person is a minor. So the statute of limitations actually will not begin to run until that person turns 18. So that's a very key thing. So let's say you were injured when you were a minor um, and your parents don't ever file a claim. You can actually file that claim and pursue it in court um, at, whenever after you be, be, become 18 on your own. So that's actually really important. We've had several cases where um, they've the individuals called us after they become an adult and they say, hey, can I pursue this case? And we've been able to pursue it for them. So that's important. And then the third one I want to talk about, and this one is very fact dependent. Okay. So there's no, uh, you know, black letter rule when it comes to this one. So it's very, very fact dependent. So it's important that you get all the information possible. And that's for continuous treatment in a medical malpractice case. So the statute of limitations is, is told, is delayed. So it doesn't begin to run until the clock doesn't begin to run until the treatment ends with the negligent doctor the negligent physician all right so let me give you an example let's say you go to the hospital and the er physician misdiagnoses misdiagnoses you you leave something happens to you and then something you end up going to another doctor a week later your statute begins on the date that 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 ER doctor treats you, because he he's, he never treats you again. All right, so let me give you another scenario. You go to the emergency room. 
you uh, the, the the doctor misdiagnoses you and then follows up with you for three months your statute of limitations it's told for those three months now the treatment has to be continuous all right this is this is very very important so you have to be under that doctor's care that entire time and they have to pretty much have control of your care so if you're going to several doctors and they're just one uh, lug nut in, in the in the in the uh, one cog in the wheel then it gets dicey and it's going to be it's a lot of it's 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 fact dependent it depends on what the what the judge is going to do and we don't ever want to be in those situations so it's usually best that you go ahead and get it filed on the date that the negligent act occurred prior to that date so start the statute of limitations then um, but then if you have to if you have to make that argument for continuous treatment you can so um that is what all I'm going to cover today. So if you want to reach out to us, feel free to go to TysonMudrix.com. You can give us a call at 888-550-4026. Um, you can also check us out on Facebook. You can instant message us. You can text our firm. Um, and then also, if you want to leave a recorded message for us, feel free to do so. All right, make it a great day. We're here for you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Mutrux Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast, a production of Mutrux Firm, LLC. We offer a free 30-minute strategy session to discuss your personal injury case. You can ask us anything free of charge. Call 888-550-4026 to schedule your call or use the link in the show notes. If you're trying to handle your personal injury case on your own and running into issues with the insurance adjuster or not getting the treatment you need, try these three things. One, don't give a recorded statement. Two, ask your doctors to do your treatment on a lien. And three, don't negotiate with the adjuster prior to getting all of the treatment you need. Check out our YouTube channel for more helpful tips, where we have hundreds of how-to and explainer videos, or go to TysonMutrucks.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.